The legacy of Mark Sykes and François-Georges Picot, today on The World. Marco Werman. A hundred years ago, British and French diplomats drew lines across the Middle East. That's led to conflicts which still plague the region, but Sykes and Picot don't deserve all the blame. The region, as we all know, has had problems long before Sykes-Picot and will have problems of for decades to come, whether or not the Sykes-Picot borders stay in place. Those problems include the war in Syria and the refugee crisis. Some U.S. governors have refused to admit Syrian refugees, but not Connecticut's Daniel Malloy. If we don't raise our voices in opposition of these profoundly damaging statements, um, then we will be profoundly damaged by them. Those stories coming up today here on The World. Thank you for being with us. You know, we make it a point to remember all sorts of events in history, from the sinking of the Titanic to the invention of the telephone. So, logically, today we remember what happened on this day 100 years ago. May 16th, 1916, was, after all, the day the Middle East, and for that matter, the world changed forever. And that's where we kick things off on the show today, because really so much of what we talk about on the world can be traced back to a secret deal known as the Sykes-Picot Agreement. Robin Wright has written about this for The New Yorker. Mark Sykes was a British diplomat who was traveling in the circles of T.E. Lawrence of Arabia. Uh, he served in the Boer War, had a conservative seat in Parliament. He was quite prominent he, as a diplomat. François-Georges Picot was a rather obscure French diplomat. But both of the, these young men were assigned to draw up a map of what might be viable after World War I in dealing with the carcass of the Ottoman Empire. Uh, it was the beginning of a process. The map they actually designed 100 years ago today isn't what ended up representing the Middle East as we know it. Uh, it was the beginning of a process that played out over the next nine years in defining what the region would look like, what was what seemed at the time viable, and what the French and the British thought would represent their interests. So take us back to 1916. What was happening in the region? Just kind of set the stage for us. The world was in the midst of World War One, and it was clear that the Ottoman Empire was uh, imploding, about to collapse, and both the British and the French wanted to make sure that they created spheres of influence in, where, in which they could play a role uh, in the modern Middle East in creating its future. What were some of those consequences of Europeans looking at this region uh, and figuring out how it might look without thinking about ethnic divisions? Well, one of the interesting tidbits about the Sykes-Picot process was that Sykes famously explained to the British prime minister at the time in showing him the proposed map that he would like to draw a line from the E in Accra to the K in Kirkuk, and he slid his finger across the map of what would be today the coast of Israel all the way to the mountains of northern Kurdistan in Iraq. Wow, that's, that's, that's quite an image. So not much consideration about how people might organize themselves. No, and one of the problems in the intervening 100 years is that neither the French nor the British were very good at nation nurturing. Uh, they wanted to see their interests protected and what transpired was a tremendous period of instability after these countries became independent. Between 1949 and 1970, there were 20 coups in Syria on the average of one a year until the last coup that brought the Assad dynasty to power. Iraq was in many ways almost as unstable with a series of coups that ultimately brought Saddam Hussein 
to power about the same time. So the problem was not just the dividing up of the borders or the lack of uh, sensitivity to ethnic and sectarian groups. It was the fact that these were not countries that were in which civil society was allowed to bloom. Diverse political power parties were nurtured, that there was a process here that played to uh, colonial interests much more than local interests. And we see the legacy of that playing out still today. Have you ever uh, imagined, Robin, what would have happened if there had been no Sykes-Picot? I mean, would nations really have been able to create themselves without some kind of interference from the outside, you think? You know, we'll never know the answer to that. But in in 2013, I spent a year looking across the region, talking to people inside all of these countries, asking what their map of the Middle East would look like today and how it would differ. And I did a piece for The New York Times, and it was fascinating how people in the region, in looking at their future...